This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. My name is Jeff Woods. I'm the vice president here at the One Thing team. In the last episode, you got to hear a keynote that I delivered at the Keller Williams National Convention called Family Reunion. We had over 18,000 Keller Williams real estate agents that flew into Las Vegas, and I delivered a keynote to roughly four to 500 of them on time blocking and why so many people have tried it, but have failed to make it a powerful habit to the point where when distractions pop up, they crush them. They stay focused. They do not violate their time block. They do their most important work and eliminate distractions. Why do so many people fail to do that? So that was the keynote. At the end of the keynote, I opened it up for Q&A. The big reason is my purpose is not to stand in front of a bunch of people and just deliver information. My purpose is to get to know you to hear where you're really struggling, that unique situation that you are really struggling that's holding you back and trying to remove those obstacles so that you can live a more productive life. So what you're about to hear is the Q&A portion of this keynote where people really poured their hearts out and shared where they were struggling and we masterminded together on how they can move forward. Let's get into the Q&A. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like Breakfast on the Go, lunch, snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. And instead of me sitting up here and talking about what I think you need help with, I'd rather you just share where you need help because you're not the only one in the room who's struggling with that. And then we can have a more customized conversation. All right. So one, what's your name? How awesome is your dress? Very. (laughs) All right. Stand up. I'm Kelsey Mann. Um, I'm from Huntsville, Alabama. Um, Don't make fun of my accent. Might say y'all a few times. I am a single mom, and I became an agent a little over a year ago. Um, I graduated from college um, 2015, and I was really good in a um, direct marketing sales thing, and so um, someone suggested real estate. I graduated marketing, so um, my first year was great. I did 35 transactions and didn't have a... um, Don't have an assistant, don't have anything like that. Um, As a single mom, it's extremely difficult, and I feel guilty a lot. So it went from, you know, answering every call possible, you know, my phone blowing up, especially being a a millennial, you know, people blowing my phone up, texting, Facebook, all that, Um, and it was taking time away from my daughter and taking time away from my health and things like that, Um, happiness, uh, goals, all that. Went from that to 
uh, saying no to everything. Yeah. And then it went from losing, I mean, losing business, like seeing that I was saying no, I think too much, like putting my phone down and saying like, no, this is my time with my daughter. I'm not gonna, I need to time block. I did this after bold, did the time blocking after bold. And so now I'm like, I'm getting, I'm trying to break through from, um, saying no too much. It's like, how do you know what the one thing is and what, you know, how you can put everything else on pause without, like how Gary did you, how you, you wouldn't get offended. Like how, how did I did get offended that? at first. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. at the same time, I recognized that I had Jay there to kind of walk me through what was happening. So your question is, how do you strike moderation? That and I'm a little bit OCD. So I do spend a lot of time like downloading the right apps. Like I spend way too much time doing that instead of doing it, like uh-huh. downloading the Pomodoro technique yeah. and all that kind of stuff and never use it. So let's, let's have a conversation around that. Um, how many people have experienced what she's like Goldilocks saying no? They say no too little. They say no too much. They can't figure out how to say no just right. Yeah, yeah me too. I'm still figuring that out. But I think... You saw what happened when you said no too little. Then you overcorrected. Let's look at 80-20. What's the 20% distractions that are causing 80% of the chaos? Do you know what those are? Facebook for her? Who's, who in this room has emailed that thing? It was for me. I started documenting how many times a day I was checking email, even if it was just a quick swipe. Ooh, way too much. The OCD thing too, and, and spending a lot, like an unhealthy amount to the point where I'm talking to my therapist, like, hey, hey, look, I'm staring at the app store. Like, yeah, and so she, what she just said is it's also the OCD thing. She like will just stare at the app store and try to find the right one. I think this is when I learned 80% of done is, then, is better than 100% of nothing because that that OCD, that perfectionism, as some of us would call it, wanting it to be perfect, that's you doing it yourself because you don't believe that anybody else can do it better than you. But Gary says, no one succeeds alone. And sometimes you have to accept the fact that you have to succeed through others. Maybe they get it done 80% as well as you, but they're getting it done. And you still have your 100% to focus on your unique ability. And so catering it to this specific example, I mean, you're aware of it. You're already seeking help around it. I think you have to continue making meaningful steps in that area when you recognize it to just say, no, this is good enough and I'm going to start. I'm about to record a, a really funny spoof video around productivity and go, no, I, I don't just pick one thing. I spend three hours in the app store to find the right one thing. And then, you know, no, it just doesn't work that way. Um, next one. Hi, I'm Jennifer from Spokane, Washington. Hi, Jennifer um, from Spokane, Washington. Hi. So really quick comment to, um, there's been some research done that um, shows the dopamine that's released when you're constantly on your email and checking your um, uh, you know, social uh, media things that it's actually equivalent to co- doing cocaine or, or drugs or being an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. So there is uh, some interesting research coming out about that. So um, my question was, can you just go through the number one challenge, trying to pick the right one thing again. Can you just kind of break down how that worked for Peggy or just talk sure. a little bit more about that? Well, and I think this, this dovetails off of what you asked about really well. We want it to be right. And so we spend a lot of time delaying or not taking action 
because we're not sure it's the right one thing. Bottom line is we all have more than one thing, folks. You got seven areas of your life. You got a one thing for every single one of them. Pick one. You know, you could assess how you're doing in each of those areas and saying, what's the one that I'm crushing it in and I want to top grade that? What's the one that I'm struggling in most that I, that I, I must make a change? Or what's the one that just feels right? But just pick it. Just pick that area. And then apply the focusing question of what's the one thing I can do for that area such that by doing it, everything else is easier or unnecessary. And narrowing that down so small, thinking big in terms of your vision, living awesome in that area of your life, but starting really small that your one thing is closing your eyes for one minute after you park the car or your one thing is just putting on your gym clothes and being out the door, not even exercise. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Make sense? Cool. Next question. Um, My name is Jessica Thompson. I'm from Panama City, Florida. My question, I guess, is pretty similar to theirs, but how do you communicate to your customers about your boundaries or Mm. like this is my time blocking time or to your family, I guess. I, I have two small children and I brand myself as the rock star. So in the morning on my mirror, I have, you know, you're going to be a rock star wife, you're going to be a rock star buyer's agent, list, you know, whatever for our focus. And, um, it's really hard for me to say no and to set the boundaries and stick to them, I guess, to have the discipline. So I know the issues and I'm seeking the help. Obviously I'm in here, but I still feel really bad when I say no. Sure. So how do you convey it? I mean, I guess do you just have to get a backbone and say, these are my hours of operation or this is what like, how, how do yeah. you handle it in a professional? I'll uh, tell you what happened to me. Okay. So um, when I bought my first house in California, where Richard was my neighbor, and I remember my agent answered the call any time of day. Never went to voicemail, and it, God forbid it did. They called me right back. I loved it, because you know what? I want to move fast, and I want an answer yesterday. Loved that type of customer service. I always wondered, though, what kind of, when she had time for herself, but you know, we won't talk about that. Um, then I move here to Austin, and I'm working with somebody who is on Wendy Papazan's team. I remember calling her on the way home and hitting her voicemail that said, Hi, you've reached Jennifer Lewis with the Papazan Property Group. If this call is coming in after 6 p.m., it will be returned the next day because I'm spending time with my family. Thanks for understanding. And I remember at first being annoyed by that and going, no, but I I need to talk to her now. And then this is when the crazy self-talk started. It was like, but do you need to talk to her, Jeff? Of course I need to talk to her. Do you really? (laughs) No, I guess not. And she called me back the next morning. They still found me an amazing home. Still got a great deal. Still loved working with them. It's amazing when you just start telling the world no, how the world figures out a way to keep spinning. (laughs) Now, in terms of being effective in this, what I would have loved, and this is me now looking, if I were to sit down, if I was in your shoes and I were to sit down with somebody for the very first time, I would let them know, hey, I just want to let you know this is how I like to work because my obligation to you is to show up fully for you as your agent. And I will do that for you every single day. Hopefully you can also appreciate and respect the fact that I need to show up fully for my children. And the only way I can do both 
is to have certain times a day where I am fully engaged on you and full in times a day where I will be fully engaged for them. And so if you have a call that comes in after 6 p.m., I will return it the next day. If it's truly urgent, shoot me a text message because I, at some point in the night, will filter through. But I will tell you after doing however many transactions, the deal never falls apart over that. So know that I will take amazing care of you. And if there's ever a problem with that, I give you full permission to let me know and we can have a conversation around it. Open that door. Make it feel like it's a safe place for them to, to talk to you. Next question. Hi, Jeff. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Michelle Daniel with uh, Springfield, Missouri. I have a quick question, and I'm in a room full of probably mostly agents, but I'm an MCA. Awesome. And I would like to know if you have like a guided script for us to use for our agents, because seemingly... <laughs> Do I have to ask the question? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I get it. Um, so, yeah, so... I remember Jay saying something to me that was really interesting. He was talking about email, and he said, I refuse to train the world that I am responsive to this channel. And I thought about that. I'm going, okay, every time I respond to an email quickly, what am I training that person? That I respond. So for you as the MCA... If somebody comes up with a God a minute or one of those things, when you're in your time block, what are you training them? I've just realized over the last six months that my three-year-old daughter has been training me on some really interesting <laughs> things that I don't like <laughs> because I have been unconsciously saying yes. And so think big in terms of your vision, but how can you start small? I remember Jay, there was a woman who worked in our office who was in an administrative capacity and wanted to write a book. And she was helping Jay with this book, and people kept coming up to her and violating her writing time. And it had to get to the point where she would, number one, remove herself from the area. She had to physically find a bunker that was elsewhere. And she enlisted the support of the team first, letting them know that, hey, I'm doing this one thing. This is why it matters so much, and this is why it matters to you. Because it's not what's in it for me. It's what's in it for me. How is you doing your one thing going to help them be better? Put it in terms of that and then start small with your time and train them that when you say no to them for 15 minutes, 30 minutes, that the world continues to revolve. And then you get to expand that time because they just understand you're going to get it done. Cool? Awesome. Uh, and who has the mic next? Hi, I'm Karen Stevenson. I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. Yeah, yeah. Yay. Go Ravens. Um, anyway. So going back to this young lady's question about time blocking, and you spoke about doing the voicemail, which is going to be my one thing that I'm going to focus on when I get back home. Mm -hmm. You said something interesting um, to return the call in the, she returned the call in the morning. Well, my one thing in the morning is lead gen, and that's my frog every morning. I eat that frog every morning, first thing. Yeah. So if I'm doing that, when do I return these calls? Because you, the clients are going to want you to return their calls right away, yeah. even though I do set hours. I usually say after 7, I'll return your call the next day. So am, is that just my self-talk? Did I, mean, I say what? You, I didn't say what time in the morning she called me back. 
What time do you lead gen from? From about 8 to 11.30. 8 to 11.30. Something like that. So what if you set the expectation that you'll return calls at 11 a.m. the next day or 11.30 the next day? Test it. See if the world spins. See, that makes me really nervous. Sure. So. <laughs> sure. But you know what? And there were times where she even responded with a text message and said, hey, got your voicemail. I've got appointments. I'll make sure I get back to you. And just, it, I didn't need it. I just wanted it. I wanted to know that she had heard me and that she was going to get back to me. I'm the guy who now gets off on saying no. So, you know, <laughs> but for you, you may want to have a batch before you're going up and doing your nighttime routine where you respond really quickly and say, hey, saw that you left a voicemail. Okay. I'm in meetings until 1130. I'll make sure I get back to you as soon as possible. That's a good idea. People just want to be heard. All right, thank you. Yeah. Hi. Um, my name's Tabitha. I'm a buyer's agent from Hamilton, Ontario. What is your suggestion when you have clients who have a very strict schedule themselves and mm. can only go out for showing, say, at night? When your time blocking is, I do showings from three to six, say. Oh, well, I think you got two options. One, you don't do business with them. Because if it's truly not your one thing is violating that, then maybe you're at the point where you believe that you can choose the right customer. Or if you do say yes to that, how can you counterbalance it? I think that's why in the book they say there's no such thing as work-life balance. There's just counterbalancing. We go all in over here, and then we got to shift back over here. So if you've got to stray a little far to work with this client... If you erase it, you must replace it. You're erasing that time that you need for yourself, for the people who matter most to you. Can you replace it somewhere else? Does that make sense? It's, it's high level in, in practice. I don't know what that looks like for you. But do you need that client? No. Some of you may. You may need that client. And that's okay. But I had a friend... Um, Someone who I look up to, he's 28 years old and his business does over a million dollars a month. And he said something really interesting to me. Yeah, but you, now you know why he's my friend. Um, <laughs> he said something really interesting to me. He said, in, you, you talk about 80-20. He said, I apply that to my customers. Instead of waking up every day trying to get 80% of people to say yes to me, I wake up trying to get 80% of people to say no to me so that I can say yes to the right 20%. What? That changed everything for me. Can you apply 80-20 to your clients? Maybe you can. Maybe it's a journey. I don't know. Next. On this topic, uh, I get nervous just uh, taking the mic to ask a question. I'm Ken Dixon, and I'm bold. Uh, from Cheek Give Ken a round. My bold friends call me Chico Ken, Chico, California. So that makes me more comfortable talking about business than it is about time blocking because this is my personal issue. I've made a commitment this year to honor my own time block mm -hmm. or time blocks. I've never been able to do that. And I share the nervousness that it comes because it feels like you got to break into somewhere. I'm very uncomfortable to do that. Very general question. How do I get started? 
What's been the biggest thing that's been sabotaging you so far? Well, the, the thing I want to do the most is 9 a.m. is uh, lead gen, 9 to 11. Okay. And I've got it on my schedule four days a week. So what violates it? Almost everything. Uh, <laughs> well, let's, let's, I mean, and this is, this is, why, we're do, this is why we're doing Q&A instead of me just up here talking. Like, let's get specific. Because yeah. I, I, what, are, what are some of the things? Well, it's got to be really deep-seated somewhere. So I'll take an email, check out some emails. I'll talk to my wife in the morning before I go to the office. That delays me a half hour. Uh, get to the office, talk to my assistant. That takes another half hour. Then yeah. It's already 9.30 or 10, and I haven't started. Sure. Okay, we're in the same shoes. Um, when I move to Austin, and I'm starting to try to live this book, and Jay says, what's your one thing? And I say, I got five things. He says, what's your one? I say, I need to do two. What's your one? I need to do two. What's your one? Oh, oh this one? Yeah, business. My one thing for my business was first thing in the morning when I walk into that office, I do not get a cup of coffee. I do not go to the bathroom even though I have the bladder the size of a goldfish. <laughs> I do not say hi to people. I put these headphones on so people think I'm on the phone when I'm not. And for 15 minutes, I focus on my most important work. Just 15 minutes. Can you prove to yourself, Dan? Can you prove to yourself, Dan? Ken? Ken, Ken. Can you prove to yourself... <sighs> Names, not my one thing. <laughs> Can you prove to yourself, Ken, that before you check your email, before you talk to your assistant, before you grab a cup of coffee that you make one phone call. Can you do that? Is there anybody from your office here in this room? A lot of people. Come on, Chico, anybody? I'm the only guy that has problems with the schedule. <laughs> I would suggest... I'm also looking for an accountability partner on this topic. Or do we have a help group? Do we have a self-help group? Uh, <laughs> I'll form one. We, I'll we, form one. We do, but there's no selling from the stage, so I'm not going there. Okay, so <laughs> if so, I should do that when I get to the office at 8 or 7.30 instead of 9? Or do it at 9. It doesn't matter well, what, when. So, so your thing is you're, you're already in the office before that, right? Usually, yes. So you're doing other things first. Okay, do you need to set an alarm that yeah. when that alarm goes off, this is called a trigger habit, when your alarm goes off, you will stop doing what you're doing and you will make one phone call. Can you prove, like, think big in terms of your vision. I can't crush all these distractions. I can't seem to time block. I can't seem to make this a habit that sticks. Think big in terms of the vision of making that happen. And then start small. Can you make one phone call? Do that for 66 days or however long it takes to the point where it no longer requires discipline. It no longer requires your willpower. Suddenly you just show up at nine o'clock. You stop and you make phone calls. And it's a habit. Then... Tell me that you time block from 9 to 11 or 11.30. Cool? Give him a round of applause. <laughs> Remember number five, being vulnerable about where you're really struggling? Thank you. Hi. Thanks for doing this. Uh, I'm Jeff Snow with the Snow Group in Seattle, Washington. Woo, got some Seattle people here? Woo, woo. Yeah, there we go. Um, anyway, obviously, uh, I guess I should start out by saying my, my name is Jeff, and I think I can do it all and all by myself. Um, we should be friends. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, and I'm... Uh, and I'm gradually getting better at that. So that's what I'm, I'm looking at here. And when you were talking about the five things, you know, I'm, I am, my brain won't let me 
do one thing. Yeah. Because when you put two rabbits up over here on this screen over here, I said there's four because there's two over there too. Right. Okay. Right. So um, and a squirrel somewhere. Uh, so anyway, my my. It's with Jay. Uh-huh. The squirrels with Jay. Yeah, that's he's, right. he's, he's chasing that one. <laughs> good, yeah. good, thank God. Um, so what I what I came up with, and I want to hear what you have to think about this. I know that uh, I've got to focus on one thing at a time, and once I get that one thing done, and I just say this out loud so I can hear myself say it too, then I can have a list of other priorities that mm-hmm. I can get done throughout the day with a little more confidence. So I've got a list here. That says, you know, for, for me, get to the gym is what I've got to do. I mean, I start dragging right about now in the day. I'm at my all-time highest weight I've ever been at in my life. I used Let, Let's to, compress the question so we yeah. can get to more people. Okay. So Sorry about So anyway, what I was thinking about, get to the gym. And if I can do that every day, then I've got a list of other priorities like uh, time-blocking business management for one to two I'm just hours. Gonna, I'm just going to stop you because I already know the answer. You ready? Yep. It's not about proving to yourself that you can wake up every single day and do everything. It's about proving to yourself that for once in your life, you can think big in terms of your vision, but start by narrowing your focus so small that it's just one thing that you earn that X on your 66-day challenge calendar. Because I will show you my phone on here. I had this app that I downloaded it's one of the worst things I did. Where is it? It's called Streaks. And I have on here six things that when I started, I wanted to make a habit. I wanted to do push-ups. I wanted to meditate. I wanted to reach out to people. I wanted to time block. I wanted to floss my teeth. I wanted to have family time. And if I did five of those six, how did I feel at the end of the day? Like a failure. You got a lot of things that you got to do, but what's the one that makes you feel like a winner? And you start there. If it's going to the gym, great. Because what happens is when you suddenly turn that into a habit, meaning it no longer requires discipline or willpower to do it, then you get to focus on the next one and making that a habit. Because guess what? I'm now working on my fourth habit. My habit of time blocking for my business, still in place. My habit for spending 15 minutes of focused time with my family without my cell phone, still a habit. My habit of meditating for one minute a day, one minute a day still a habit. I stacked three power habits. Those spawned off other habits without me even thinking about it. And now I'm working on my fourth intentional power habit around my health. Start with one. That streaks. S-T-R-E-A-K-S. I don't recommend that because there's too many things you're putting on there. There's another one called Don't Break the Chain. That looks like a 66-day calendar, and it actually puts a red X on it. Um, we're going to be going into tech at some point, and we'll, I'm sure we'll create our own. Hi, I'm Carol Castle, Manhattan, and I'm bold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I was listening to what you said and what the other person said about... Um, feeling guilty. And I I have that situation. And I was a school teacher for 24 years and I controlled the schedule very, very well. And I have nine kids and I controlled them very, very well. And then I became a real estate agent and got a little confused. Um, (laughs) Is anybody else enjoying this a lot? (laughs) Because nobody does things as fast as I want them to do them. Mm -hmm. And I can solve a problem in like two seconds. 
And I don't want to listen to somebody, you know. So I'm really high. I became a really high D, I think, because I moved to New York. And I became a New Yorker. Yep. And so um, I got an assistant. That was the best thing I ever did. Because if I don't want to talk to those people, I say, I pretend like a little text goes through. And I text it. It's in my notes. And I put it in and said, I'm sorry. Carol is at a meeting right now. If you need immediate attention, you may call her assistant at this number and yep. she will get the message to you. And I just put that in there and then I warn her, I say, Angela, just see what they want. If yep. it's important, I'll talk to them. If not, just be nice to them, you know? <laughs> and so I just hire somebody who's nicer than me. And I used to be really nice till I became a real estate agent. <laughs> my husband. Yeah. So that really helped me. But I am still in this class because my problem, I mean, I pay for an office, so I have a bunker yeah. because I do this girl thing. And I, I found one thing that really, really helped me. And so I, I cheat a little bit on the, on the phone calls in the morning. I write down, I got the, the mouse pads from the one thing. And it says it has 10 lines. I use those to write down the 10 phone calls that will make me crazy if I don't make them. And I write the person's name and the phone number. And if it's not on my one thing pad when I come in the morning, I'm not going to call them. But I know, like, you know, if I got five closings and I got transaction stuff happening and it's New York and people like, you know, like right at this moment, one of my buyers is like, you know, his, so his you finance think. went away. Oh, so I ha so that's what I did to kind of help me. So it's kind of cheating, but it but it makes me feel better. And awesome. then once I make those 10 phone calls, then I do my lead gen and I'm, I'm happy. So that's cool. my one thing I figured out makes me have less anxiety. Awesome. And, you know, I don't feel help anybody else, but I'm still working on the time block thing. I buy a lot of planners till I find the right one I really like. Just well, then, hey, you and I need to talk after because we want to come out with one. So oh, I would good. like, I would like your feedback. I bought every one on the market, so I can tell you about every single Excellent. one. Excellent. All right. I am Erin from Philadelphia. I'm also not an agent. I'm an operations manager. So I work with our transaction managers. Um, and email is by far the biggest time suck every day. <laughs> but for the transaction managers, the emails that come in can affect the other tasks that they're doing, like minute to minute. So we're going to look silly if we send out an inspection deadline reminder when right there in our inbox is the resolution, the signed paperwork. So do you have any suggestions for that type of... Do all of those really important emails have a certain keyword in them? or multiple keywords that you can target? We have tried to work on uh, searching like one address at a time, so we're narrowing it down and just looking. Because let, let me share where I'm going with this. Uh -huh. um, I started setting up rules around my email, and I noticed that there were certain ones that were more important than others. There were like 20% of them, roughly. Um, <laughs> and they had certain keywords in them. And so every single time I saw an email that was really important that I needed to see, I created a rule in Outlook or in Gmail that that went to a certain mailbox. And every time I kept, and I kept doing this, just checking my main inbox and over time, just more rules, more rules, more rules, more rules, more rules. But then it got to the point that when I went into my email, I don't go into the inbox I go into the folder. I'm saying yes to the right things and saying no to everything else. And then I got to the point where I started having a virtual assistant who went in there, who messages me over Slack if I really need to see something. Otherwise, he deals with it. 
So that's what works for me. Whether that will work for you or not, I don't know. But how, have you ever gone in there to check email and found yourself going down a rabbit hole of something that wasn't yeah. important? Yeah. yeah. So can you set a home folder for those really important ones and create the rules over time so that you're not checking everything, you're checking one thing? Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Is this on? Okay, Alyssa Knight. I'm from Bakersfield down south in California. One thing I'm going to do, which is horrendous, 10 years ago, my husband bought me an outrageously expensive piece of art for my office, and it's there, with the promise that I would lead gen every day. I haven't done it. Mm -hmm. I, I, pretty art, no lead gen. Um, so I'm going to give it away. Not here. <laughs> I'm going to give it away to a client or somebody. And when I've earned it, I'm going to take it back. I'm going to let someone borrow it for uh, a month or so. But my question is, all my contacts and the people I'm going to call are in my Outlook, as are my emails and in text and everything else. So how do I shut those off during the period that I'm going to lead gen when I want to access my contacts? What do you think I'm going to tell you? I don't know. I literally don't know. Get your contacts out of there. Well, how... Where, Another CRM? Oh. My no, husband's or, Edge ambassador, or, too. Or, uh, now, do you have an assistant? Mm -mm. Okay. Can you have a time block the day before to, like, like she did, have your 10 names and numbers already listed? When I was in sales, that was a big part of it. I'd be hitting the road. Okay. I'm going from hospital to hospital. And when I'm driving in between hospitals oh. and I'm going, who should I call? Well, let's look. Oh, that's a bad idea. So export 10 of them or 20 of them or whatever. Okay. And what, and what does success look like? If you just call, think big, but start small. What's that minimum amount that you can start with where you'll feel like the winner that you are? And just do that. Is it five? Is it 10? I don't know. But hold yourself accountable to the day before identifying those. You knock those out. Start and then there. shut everything off. I could shut do that. Shut everything off. Cool. There you go. My name is Melanie Hall. I'm from the greater Austin area. And I loved how you were talking about the understanding the 20% and the 80% of chaos. So find the 20% that's causing 80% of the chaos. I was hoping that you could elaborate a little bit more as far as criteria that you use to narrow down your one thing. Yeah. So I'm a listing coordinator. I'm not an agent. Um, and I have some pretty big goals for the year. So I'm a listing coordinator who wants to be a listing manager. So, and, and I know that that's what I'm biting off way more than I can chew. But um, time blocking is one of my key ingredients to making that effective. Just curious to see if you could elaborate a little more on the criteria that you use. Is this the criteria to identify your one thing or the criteria to identify the biggest distraction you need to remove? Both. If you could only pick one. Just <laughs> <laughs> throw me those softballs all day long, come on. <laughs> then I would elect to find the criteria that you use to truly identify your one thing. And do you want that one thing to be in your business? I want that one thing to change everything in my business. Okay. So what do you think that one thing is right now? What's your gut say? You giving me some criteria to <laughs> narrow down my list. You ready, you ready for the criteria? If you got to show up to your market center and you only got to do one thing for the day and you had to leave, what would be the one thing that you would do that would make everything else easier or unnecessary and then you had to stop working? We're, I, I'm not letting you off the hook, by the way, until we find it. So this is going to happen, just so you know. Um, Let's have a dialogue about it. Just talk. Well, okay, so it's a twofold answer. So one, cool. it would be to touch my sellers. Okay. The second would be to market their properties. Okay, so let's stop. Does one make the other easier? If you just I see head shaking, yes, but I, I, I don't okay, know. Okay, well, let's, let's dissect. 
if you only talk to your sellers, will the business move forward? No. If you only market properties, will the business move forward? No. What do you guys think? Yes. Guess what? (laughs) What? Which one? Marketing. Who says it's talking? Who says it's marketing? Okay. Thank you. Hold on, time out, time out. You're not done. (laughs) What's the one thing you can do to market your properties? Make sure they're everywhere. Okay. So what is the specific measurable action that any single person in your office would know you either did or did not do it? I think this is part of the problem. People don't go specific enough. They don't go small enough. They say, I'm going to market my properties. Got it. What does that mean? Is that I invest 15 minutes in a time block to market my properties? Is that a specific action that you do to market your properties? I, I don't know your business, but let's, let's continue. What would that one thing be that you actually can do every day? So the, the wheels are spinning. So cool. ideally, that would be a time block that would look like an allocation of time towards social media. Cool. It would look like an allocation of time towards tracking listing performance. Um, How much time do you think you need to do to, to be effective? To touch all of our listings effectively would be an hour to an hour and a half. Okay. And how much time do you realistically think you actually can do it? No questions asked. Layup all day long. I can do that. Not what you need to do, what you can do. I think I could realistically dedicate an hour a day to that. Cool. Can you cut that in half and prove yourself that you can do 30 minutes? Can you realistically, for an hour, silence the outside world that is going to try to, that is going to intentionally try to steal your focus? Yeah, I think I can. Awesome. Then start there. And give yourself permission to readjust what success looks like should you find yourself failing. That's the biggest thing. Thank you. Yeah. Give yourself permission. Yeah, give her a round. It's not like you pick this one thing, it gets etched into these tablets that you carry down from a mountain and you follow it for the rest of your life. (laughs) You may find out after one day that you couldn't do an hour. Give yourself permission to readjust. And then try 30 minutes. And if you fail there, give yourself permission to readjust and try 15 minutes. And if you fail there, give yourself permission to readjust and try five minutes. Until the point where you get on a roll. And it becomes a habit. And you feel like a winner. And then you can expand. All right, we got 10 minutes remaining is what my clock says. So we'll stick here. And by the way, I'm going to hang out outside as well. So we can do that too. Um, Next. Um, Eric Robison. I'm from Seattle too. Uh, Hey, Jeff. Very exciting. I'll hold you accountable, Jeff. Anyway, um, my situation is unique in that I'm a designated broker over two market centers. I have a team of five people and 600 agents under me calling me constantly. Um, asking advice and getting them out of trouble and stuff like that. So I'm constantly pulled nonstop from the moment my day begins and I get up. And then ends roughly around 9 o'clock, which get resentful it goes that late because I'm trying to cram in my stuff at the end of the day. Yeah. And I'm here only because my team leader said I had to learn time blocking. Yeah. (laughs) 
so, so, so you guys, you want to, so the question is, what do you do? Yeah, because I've tried time blocking before and it always fails. Sure. Well, let me tell everybody the secret of productivity. You ready? The secret of productivity is to wake up every day and make sure that you check your email, you check social media, you go to everybody else and ask what's important to them, do everything that matters to them most first, and then if there's time left over at the end of the day, say yes to yourself. <laughs> but is that what you're doing? Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. I know I am. So can you prove to yourself that instead of waiting till the end of the day to whatever time might be left over when you have no willpower and you're tired and you're ready to go to bed, can you prove to yourself that for five minutes, first thing in the morning, you can do your most important work? And if somebody calls, you send it to voicemail. If somebody says, got a minute, say, hey, can, can you come back in five minutes? I just need to wrap this one thing up. Um, as long as I kick the team out of my office. Oh, awesome. Good idea. <laughs> Yeah, I hadn't thought about that one yet. I mean, but yeah, I do. I just need to be this, left alone. This happens to Jay all the time. His one thing is writing books. The reason I'm here is because Gary and Jay looked up and said, hey, we should start a company around this. Gary said, my one thing's KW. Jay said, my one thing's writing books. We need somebody whose one thing is the one thing. There are times when I need Jay. And I want to go into his office, but I know he's in his writing time. And he very clearly said to me, if my door is closed and this thing is on because I'm in my writing time, you can knock. But if you knock, you need to understand you are taking me out of a flow state. You are stealing my focus away from writing, which if I was in a flow state means that it could take me 30 minutes, hour, or I may never get back into it for the day. So it better be worth it. But I'm, here for, but I'm here to support you. I'm here for you. <laughs> really, I, I'm, I'm here for you. But if you mess with my one thing, if you mess with my time block, it better be worth it. You'll have to be a big sign on the door. <laughs> awesome. But this yeah, is I the, need to do it. This is why we talk about enlisting support in the book. Because no one succeeds alone. And for however many years you've trained your people to think that you respond to them first instead of to yourself first. And I was in Chris Heller's office, and I asked him a question about interacting with Gary because I'm still trying to navigate that myself. And he said, um, I emailed Gary earlier this morning about something that was really important. He just hasn't even responded. And I don't know that he's going <laughs> to. CEO of the company. But Gary says yes to himself first, as he should and then says yes to everybody else in the time that remains. And because he has surrounded himself with talent, talent figures out a way to get it done anyways. Are you saving people in your organization? Are you rescuing them when you should be setting a standard and holding them accountable and allowing them to figure it out? Support without standards looks a lot like saving, and you are not a rescuer. Next one. I'm Cassandra from Rapid City, South Dakota. I recently joined a team, okay. and the bar has been set really, really high. Awesome. <laughs> right. She's that's, like, yeah, easy for you to say. That's the thing, though. Like that, I think that one of my biggest um, fear, I think, is getting over a fear of what if I don't stack up to the rest of the team because they're amazing. Anybody else in the room ever had that question? It hands up high so she can see it, so that she knows she's not alone. Yeah. So my question is, 
we're going to go back to point number five, being open and vulnerable about your fears. Have you shared that with your team leader? Do you have mentors, people that you can go to in those moments to seek guidance and counsel? Yes, but that's scary. Of course it is. But like I mentioned, when somebody comes up and shares that they're really scared, well, let me, let's flip it. Has anybody ever come up to you and in a moment of true desperation opened up and poured their heart out to you about how they were really struggling? Sure. Did you think they were crazy? No. Did you judge them? No. Did you say, get away from me? No. What'd you do? I was there for them. Oh, interesting. The end. <laughs> Next. Hold on. Can we get that? Steve McElvain from Northern Virginia. I'm working on my listening skills. Hello. Good. Okay, I have a four and a three-year-old at home, and awesome. I have all these great intentions in the morning, and one of them is getting to the gym or running and I can't control when my four-year-old gets up and I can't control when my three-year-old does and so it's just very hard for me to do that one habit that yeah it I, I need to and uh it just seems it seems like it's a losing battle every when would day. the ideal time be for you to go to the gym is it morning day night I think I've most most likely to do it in the morning. Okay, cool. Um, we're in the same boat, by the way. Okay. Uh, I've got a four-year-old and a one-year-old. And I have been on the... M- m- morning has been the way that I support my wife. And so there went yeah. for quite a period of time where I have developed this nice doughy physique. And because um, my wife didn't want me to get up in the morning and go to the gym. But that's the only time I can control. It's not business hours and it sure is not in the afternoon or evening because I got no willpower and I need to be home to support her. Now we've just gotten to the point where we know the kids are sleeping to a certain amount of time. And I share with my wife, I need to get back to the gym. I want to do Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And she said, that's just too much. I said, can I do two days? She said, we can start there. We tried that. It didn't work. So I narrowed it down to one. Think big, start small. And enlisting the support of her every single week, the night before where I say, tomorrow morning, it would mean a lot if I could go to the gym. You still cool with that? She says, yes. And I get up and I go to the gym. And nine times out of 10, the kids stay asleep. Sometimes they wake up and it's crazy and they wake her up. But at least in that moment, it's been a joint decision. And I need to get to the gym more than once, but I'm trying to prove to myself that I can form the habit and form the habit with my wife that she gives me permission to go to the gym at least once a week, (laughs) right? And then I over deliver for her later in the day and constantly reinforce the fact that I'm showing up for her because she has shown up for me. And so that's what I'm doing right now. What if you don't have a spouse? Um, Jay Pabazan and Wendy, same situation. They wanted to work out together. They got young kids. And the one thing they knew it had to be the morning, but they couldn't leave. You can't leave. Their one thing is to work out at 5.30 a.m. Monday, Wednesday, Friday in their driveway. And they have a trainer that shows up and knocks on the window if they are not out of bed. That's the accountability side of it. Um, Can you once a week work out in your house in the morning? 
follow-up question. So the 60-day habit, 66 days, if you get that agreement of just two days, how do you turn that into a 66-day? I think this is going to be a little bit of a different situation. Uh It's going to be longer. But can you begin going down this road? There will come a day. It may be 10 weeks from now. It may be longer. But all of a sudden, like, there's just no question. Thursday mornings, daddy's going to the gym. It's not a reason to not start. Make sense? All right, folks, that does it for time. I'm going to hang out outside. Thank you so much. I appreciate all of you. Have a good one. Well, there you have it, the Q&A portion from my keynote at the Keller Williams National Convention we call Family Reunion. If you work in a company or a business owner and would like us to come speak at your organization, go to theonething.com slash about. And that's with the number one in the URL. So theonething.com slash about. Scroll to the bottom and there will be a form there where you can submit your interest and we'll see if there will be a fit. We hope you enjoyed this episode. It's all about adding value to you. That's why we wanted to release the keynote in the last episode. That's why we wanted to share the Q&A because these are real people just like you who are struggling. And if we can help you remove that single roadblock that's holding you back from being more purposeful with your time, then that is a huge win for us. And if you're interested in working directly with us to identify your pain points and have us customize our new membership training platform to your needs, you just want to raise your hand and say, hey, I'm at least interested in learning more, then text the word founder to the number 33444 and we'll be in touch shortly. So thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you have subscribed so that all the episodes automatically get downloaded to your device moving forward. And thank you for those of you who share the podcast. We see the numbers growing, which means it's you. It's you guys sharing it with the people that you care about most. And that means the world to us. So thank you so much for all of that. If you're looking for more awesome content, we've been doing a lot on social media recently. On Facebook, we're doing Facebook Lives twice a week. You can check them out on our Facebook page. The link is in the description below. And also on Instagram, we are doing regular Instagram stories, trying to document the little things that we're doing every single day to live a little bit more of a productive life when we are in the business setting. And you can get the link to our Instagram account account in the description below as well. We look forward to being with you in the next episode where you're going to meet a guy who's going to teach you how you can become the leader that people absolutely love to follow and never want to leave.